Welcome to the Long Hollow Group Leader Podcast. We believe that life change happens best in circles, not rows. And so whether we're talking about your life group, your D group, or your family, this resource exists to help you make disciples that make disciples. Welcome back. In this episode, we are tackling a topic that we get all of the time, a question that comes Man, uh, I would say almost on a weekly basis, like when I talk with people. Uh, So we are tackling the question, how do you handle commitment issues? Now, I want to clarify, this is for your group. (laughs) This is not a relational uh, commitment (laughs) issue. If that's something, a topic that you need to discuss in a relationship – Yes. That's a different podcast, yeah. not ours. I don't know I don't know whose podcast it is, but it's not ours. And uh, so we're going to talk about how to handle commitment issues in the group. We're going to spend a lot of our time talking about it in the D group because D groups are best. No offense, uh, All Mike. Right, All right. Stop here it. We- <laughs> no, we're going to talk about it because that's probably the one we hear the most. But we are on the back end going to talk about how do you address commitment issues in the life group? It's going to look different because as we've shown before with the disciple making umbrella and other things, our life group and D groups have different purposes and it's made up of different people at different walks in their faith. And so the commitment issues and how we address it are going to be different. But let's start with D groups, Mike. Um, and so test here from the D group guy. Man, I sure hope you know your stuff. He's got a grade book out, people. You can't see it, but he's got a pencil and a grade book. That's right. <laughs> so what is the commitment level for D groups? So, we, so when we're talking about the D group specifically, we, we're asking for a higher level of commitment. Sure. Right. Because so it's better. It's it's. <laughs> Yes, sure, it's better. Remember how we said we did this podcast for unity purposes? <laughs> we're already seeing division. Uh, so when we're talking about the life group and the D group environment, the D group environment speci- specifically does have a higher level of commitment. We're asking more of the people that are participating in it. So when we're thinking about commitment in the D group, we're asking them to commit to weekly disciplines. So this, this is the reading through the reading plan daily, journaling, memorizing scripture, holding each other accountable, and praying with and for each other. So these are the yeah. disciplines that we're That's asking good. them to commit to. And it's, it's more than what they're committing to in the life group environment. Um, so when we're thinking about committing to those issues, we're looking for the metric we're using is engagement, not necessarily attendance. Mm. We want them there every week. The commit, when, when we sign that D group covenant, we're right. saying, hey, we're committing to being here every week. It's going to be a priority. There's going to have to be a big deal happening for me to not be here. That's good. But we also understand that those big deal things happen. Right? Yeah. So if someone travels a lot for work and they find out they've got to go out of town, they can't control that. You know, if there's a sick kid that they've right. got to stay home with, you know, it's you know, we're talking a year to eighteen month commitment. There's yeah. going to be moments where stuff comes up and they can't make it. Doesn't mean they're not committed. They just can't be there. Right. I got tired of telling businessmen, "Hey, you need to retire, and then you can get in a D group." You kind of got to yes. meet them a little bit. Once you're done with your busy work schedule, then you can do discipleship, right? Um, but when we're looking at engagement, not solely attendance, then that changes things a little bit because if I can't make it, yeah, I can still engage with the group whether I'm FaceTiming in. I'm texting or emailing my hear journals. I've even heard of groups that will video themselves quoting their scripture memory and then sending it to the group to say, hey, I am sticking with it. Miss you guys. Here's how you can be praying for me. Um, That's that's still engagement. Now, that's not what we're looking for as the norm. The norm is face-to-face doing these things, but understanding there's going to be exceptions to those moments. 
So let's say, Vic, you have someone that is showing up on a regular basis, or sure. maybe they're not showing up as much, and it's not really for a very good reason. They just, you know, they stayed up late watching football or something like that. And they just don't feel like getting out of bed. You know, we have a legitimate commitment issue. Yeah. Um, Why is it important for us to address those issues? Sure, sure. I think just to start off, no one really likes to address commitment issues. Stop. It's not fun to call somebody out. That's exactly. It's not fun. The confrontation, the conflict that comes with it. If you do think it's fun, if you do enjoy it, we need to have another podcast. You might be part topic. of the problem, right? And so, you are you you were definitely the monitor in second grade yes. for all of your class. Like you love telling you know you don't you don't want to have to confront somebody on it. It can be awkward, and so a lot of times we steer away from that conflict sure. at times. Yep. And what I really want to encourage you is if you feel that urge to 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 address it, to to at least you know, consider, take some of these things that we're going to talk about. Don't shy away from it because that's our natural inclination. But what happens when we avoid conflict, when we avoid uh, discussing the commitment issues and holding people to that, um, what happens is it comes to the detriment of the individual, of the group and of future groups. And so this is what I mean by that. We are asking each of our individuals to do these weekly disciplines and to be there um, every week and to hold one another accountable. They committed to that in the covenant. That's why it's so important on the front end. So you're just holding them accountable to what they committed to. Yeah. And you're holding them there because these weekly disciplines, for example, they are something that we want for you, not something from you. They're not meant to punish you. Yeah, it's not supposed to be the worst <laughs> part of your week. Yeah. What we want to do is to help you be able to engage with Scripture in a way that you can hear from God. That you can meditate on His Word so that it can, so that it's constantly on your mind. It should foster a more and more intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. That is what we're hoping for our individuals. Sometimes we feel like we're just this like awful person that's holding them to some uh, standard, and that's not the case. We want something for you. And so, again, when it comes to that commitment level, we talked about the weekly attendance. We want you there every time. But for the discipline, sometimes we'll say plus one. We'll say, hey, we want you to, wherever you are currently, do plus one of that. And we want people to be to be trying to you know, kind of progress, not perfection. We just want somebody to, if you've never journaled, try journaling. And that's so. You mean men struggle with journaling? That's right. Yeah, I, 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 not not me, but somebody else. <laughs> I've heard it happen. That's yeah. right. Or scripture memory. And so, like, yeah, maybe there's something if you're holding an individual to five times they've never done it. But if you really are being sensitive at where someone is and you're pushing them and challenging them to progress then that's a great place to be, and you want to continue to hold them to that because as 1 Timothy 4, 6, and 7 says, that's training in godliness, and and the benefit it is going to be for us is going to foster that relationship with Jesus. It's like working out in the gym. Yeah, absolutely. I can't expect to be where some guy – I can't expect to be where Robbie is. I can't work out with Robbie and expect to do the same thing Robbie's doing. It's not going to work. That's right. That's right. And so I think – so that's the first thing. You want to do – you want to address uh, commitment issues for the sake of the individual but also for the sake of the group. My guess is if you look, if you have in your group, maybe there's one discipline that's weaker than the others. So you, you struggle with scripture memory, or you struggle with hear journals, or you struggle with prayer requests, whatever it may be. My guess is that your whole group didn't start struggling or slacking in that discipline all at once. Yeah. What happened is one individual started slacking on it, 
you as the leader allowed it and the second person in the group observed it and then the second person began to to, to do what the first person modeled and it spread yeah it's a biblical concept right yeah. a little leaven uh, ruins the whole batch right as well Paul if that said. guy's not doing it why do i gotta do it exactly. i had a busy week that's exactly right <laughs> and so what yeah. happens is for the sake of the group when we let one individual uh just completely abandon the covenant or our commitment to one another it spreads and what happens is it's not just one individual who's not doing scripture memory it's now a whole group yeah but then to take it a step further we often say what gets introduced gets reproduced and so I like often it, it rhymes it rhymes it, yeah 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 it's good the idea is that how we were discipled is often how we disciple others um, and so when you think about these d groups if your group struggled with scripture memory and didn't do it when you multiply what's going to happen is the first group that struggled with scripture memory now the second group probably doesn't even do it they're not even going to start that's right yep. and so what's crazy is we often we steer away from wanting to address commitment issues but i would really encourage you for the sake of the individual the sake of the group and the sake of future groups man have that hard conversation it's not it doesn't even have to be hard a lot of times it's a lot easier than you think it is but it's extremely important yep and so that's that's the big why piece to it there because i know a lot of us we just the idea of confrontation kind of brings a paralysis to it. And we're just like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Well, and I think it's too, it's understanding that conflict dealt with properly can increase the health of the group. That's right. It can bring people closer together because yeah. you know, nobody likes to be called on their stuff, but yeah. when it's done rightly, scripturally, it strengthens the group. I'm so glad you brought that up, Mike. <laughs> Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about how to do it rightly? No pressure. This is really the one that's probably the most nuanced and difficult part of this. Well, I, yeah, I think this is still the question that we're asking because, you know, when we think about these, they, they logically they make sense. We say, ah, sure, absolutely, I'm supposed to do that. Right. Um, but, you know, I was in the military for 10 years, so mm. I want, I see something wrong, I want to crush it immediately. <laughs> No, we're fixing this right now. I'm going to somebody else's D group. <laughs> but that's not going to work, right? We're not in the military. You know, we're, uh, we're civilians. So um, I, w- I always say look for a trend, not a one-time event. Yeah, that's good. So if somebody slacks off one week, okay, that's – we don't need to, like – we don't need to scrap the whole process because, <laughs> you know, somebody got lazy with it or, you know, stuff was going on in their life, that type That's of thing. That's right. But, you know, if it starts to become habitual where just week after week after week, and you'll see it, there will be one thing yeah. that that person doesn't like to do. It's usually always going to be scripture memory yeah. or journaling. We don't have a hard time with the reading. It's not a lot of reading. It only takes, you know, maybe five or ten minutes, depending on what plan you're on. Yeah. Um, but if they are coming consistently, and you're going to see it, it's going to be that one thing. It's going to be if journaling is like, man, I hate journaling. They're yeah. going to come like, ah, I didn't get the journaling done this week. And the next week, oh, I didn't get the journaling done this week. I'm really trying. I think after it's happened for a few weeks in a row, there are times where you can leverage the group to try to encourage them yeah. to start doing it. But if that's not working, then that's when it's time to have a one-on-one conversation. Mm. Say, hey, And it's not... Hey, you're not doing the disciplines. You're in a lot of trouble. Right. It's, hey, so I noticed you're really struggling with the journaling. How can I help you? Mm, I do like this? that. So like maybe that. it's you reaching out to them during the week. Say, hey, how's the journaling going? 
That's good. And not just, hey, how's the journaling going? But, hey, here's what I got out of today's reading. What did you get out yeah. of it? Well, what you just said there is, hey, I want to get in the trenches with you. Exactly. I, I want to do this with you. I'm not going to just, uh, you know, point my finger at you from afar. Yep. You know, um, that's, I think that's a great one. How can I help you? Another one, help me understand um, why can sometimes be accusatory yeah. uh, and make people defensive. <laughs> why do you do this? But like, hey, help me understand. Why are you terrible at doing this? Yes, exactly. <laughs> but help me understand says it, it, it communicates at, like I want to I want to know. Like I truly want to know, not I want to point something out that you're doing wrong. And I think people a lot of times respond to that a, a lot less defensively uh, because I think it communicates a sincerity that sometimes why cannot. And so help me understand. How can I help you? Yeah, I love that. And I think this is a this is a misconception in the discipling relationship that me as the discipler is some sort of overlord that yeah. is making sure these things are happening versus as a discipler, it's my responsibility to lock arms with these guys or That's these right. ladies, if you're a lady, um, and walking through this process, not overseeing it and making sure all these things are happening. Like, yeah. It's not, let me so. teach you. It, yeah, I mean, it's servant leadership 101, right? Yeah. Like, how can I serve you? How can I help you? Yeah, I love that. So, and essentially what we're talking about is we're looking for progress, not perfection. Because mm. if we're honest with ourselves, we're not perfect with it either. We get tired. We get lazy. We slack off. But yeah. as leaders, it's very easy to hide in that role because... Yeah. When I'm running the show or running the conversation, that type of thing, I can just steer away yeah. from the things that I slacked off in and nobody knows that I slacked off in. I'm like, hey, guys, you know what? We're going to take a break from Scripture memory this week. I feel like you guys need a break. But really what I'm saying is like, hey, guys, I didn't do any of it. And yeah. I don't want to tell you that. That's right. <laughs> so uh, we're looking for progress, not perfection. A quote I heard a while, a while ago, and I can't remember who said it, uh, but he said, we judge others by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. Mm, dang, and if we're good. honest with ourselves, that's good. we cut ourselves way more slack than we cut other people. Yeah. It's like, you didn't do this. You're supposed to do this. And then when we slack off, we're like, well, I really meant to. We'll get it back next week. It's okay. It's good. Right? So that's really kind of the baseline. Yeah, I love that. The intentions piece, like we so quickly justify our actions because we had good intentions or whatever it may be, but we disregard that for other people. Yeah. Are we pick what is our strength mm-hmm. in the in the disciplines, <laughs> and when we find somebody who that's their weakness, yep. we're like, "What's wrong with you?" Well, the truth of the matter is, Mister Awesome Scripture Memory Guy, <laughs> if you want to just get on to somebody who struggles at yep. it, like I bet I can find an area in your spiritual walk that stinks. Or if yep. I look back to when you were at that stage in your walk with Jesus, I bet you weren't great at those things, you know. And I think it's it is this idea of man, like I'm not perfect either. Like, let, we're in the trenches together. Let's do this. Like, I love that. I experienced it a lot in the military. So we'd have platoon sergeants that you knew what their strength was doing PT in the morning because if they were a runner, that's all we did would run because they were terrible at push-ups. So they yeah. would never do push-ups with us because they were terrible at it. That's right. All we did was run, and then they would just ride us because we weren't as good as they were running. Yeah. It's the same thing in the discipleship group. That's exactly right. So let's finish uh, in our last uh, bit here with that's the D group world. Um, there's a there's an extra level of commitment there, but what about in the life group realm? What type of uh, like how do you handle commitment? What's the commitment level we should hold people to, and how do you address that? So, we want to see commitment in the life group environment too, but it's we're not asking them to commit to reading scripture and journaling and memorizing. You know, we're asking them to show up, right? Um, but 
you know, the, the ironic thing about the life group environment is you, you probably should have flaky members of that group. Right? Yeah. Because if this is an environment where anybody can That's belong, right. we're talking about... Uh, mature believers, new believers, and non-believers. Yeah, there should be people in that group that are flaky with showing up and with responding to yeah. text messages. And you know, it's frustrating. But again, we're if we're leading the group, this is yeah. something that we have to lead through. So, you know, in my own personal story, I was that flaky group member when we first started doing groups. Wow. The thought of <laughs> Flaky Mike. Yes. I, I really would love to meet Flaky Mike just for, for well, lunch I don't day. know if you would like Flaky Mike much. <laughs> he was flaky and uh, not non-committal. But you, know, you can ask Jessica. Uh, there would be weeks and sometimes a month, a month at a time where we would go where we're like, eh, I don't really feel like going. Because yeah. we weren't very committed. Um, it was something that we would squeeze in when we had time. That's good. But if those first group leaders would have given up on us, mm. where would we be right now? Because that first group radically, eventually, it wasn't like we showed up yeah. and like, oh, our life has changed. Yeah. It was, you know, it was at least an 18-month process through that first group of healing and growing and them just loving on us and not writing us off because we were flipping right. about coming. You know, they kept loving us and investing in us and... They weren't stalking us. They didn't contact us every yeah. week and say, hey, why weren't you at group? But when we did show up, it was like we had never missed a beat. Mm-hmm. And they just loved on us when we showed so up. Good. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be sitting here recording this podcast right now yeah. had it not been for that first group experience with those leaders that loved a flaky, noncommittal group member. Mm. That And not that I'm this great person, but, you know, I'm a pastor now. I'm in full-time mm-hmm. vocational ministry. I'm helping people build the community that changed so our life so much. Dang. We mentioned uh, in, in last week's episode of how do you grow your group, a, a guiding question is how can people uh, come to your life group just as they are and meet Jesus just as he is? Yep. And that first part of just as they are, if you're a non-believer, um, it's realizing, man, like, non-believers act like non-believers because they're non-believers if they're new believers we realize we don't just lose all the baggage that we came into this with and we have a new uh priority list and and our calendar and everything else just completely shifts into this new way of living if you're a mature believer we can often have judgment towards the way that new believers and non-believers are uh, living and what i would really just encourage is man how are you loving them just as they are and I think when we do that, a counterintuitive thing about the life group is that the messier it is, the healthier it is. Yeah. And that's a counterintuitive thing <laughs> yeah. that, like, as a mature believer, yeah. I really don't want to embrace. But if I'm honest, I mean, I've had community groups or life groups that I've had life groups where there have been nearly fights happen out in the front yard, <laughs> where there's been yelling, <laughs> where there's been the like, and, and it's just a mess. Yeah. And I still remember some of the core people in that group say, hey, we're getting where we want to be. It's messy, and people are opening up and being real and authentic. That's what we want. And I was like, dang, okay. (laughs) And so it completely changes when do I step in and address commitment issues. So hope you have a great week. I hope this was super helpful. If we can help in anything else going forward, let us know.